It's been another exciting week of cricket centuries, record opening stands and all kinds of other bits and pieces too. Welcome to On A Pair. It's three friends talking about the game they love and the team they follow and all kinds of records being broken too. I'm with my two good friends, Daryl Butler. How are you, sir? I'm great, mate. How are you doing? You okay? I'm not too bad at all, Tiger. Good man. Good man. When did we last speak? I can't remember if it was a holiday last week or not. Was it the week before? I was it's two back. weeks. It's two weeks now. Oh, two brilliant. weeks. You've got a lot of heavy lifting to catch up on. Actually, <laughs> After checking with Pete, because I've got some more to boxing. Right, good lad. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the King of Admin, it's Peter de Sonberg. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks, mate. I've got some leave myself. I've uh, got two weeks off now, so I'm uh, D-mob happy. All right, OK, cool. So basically what you're saying is that, Daz, you're going to go on holiday again. Pete, you're basically on the verge of holiday. Am I doing it on my own next week? Yep, that's the plan. Well, uh, do you know what, what you've what... always wanted. <laughs> yeah, I, my dream pod would just be me doing a monologue at people loudly for 45 minutes. So, um, to, be fair, to be fair, it's taken us 45 minutes already because the listeners won't realise that's the third time you tried that introduction, Jim, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you grasped me in. Yes, Pete, it's been... <laughs> um, look, we all make mistakes. I can't be, I can't be brilliant all the time, Das. You know, unbelievably... I'm only human. Anyway, I've had relationships shorter than this introduction, so uh, shall we crack on? Yep, let's go for it. Okay, right. Uh, A couple of games to get to, um, but of course we will start in the usual fashion, and that is with the news. And I think the first thing that we must pay attention to, Ben Stokes, he's decided to take an indefinite break from all cricket with immediate effect. He's basically saying that he wants to prioritise his mental well-being. And uh, we don't blame him. It's been a very, very difficult 18 months for everybody. But being in those biosecure bubbles is not much fun. Of course, his dad died last year. And I imagine there wasn't much time to process that either. Um, So Ben Stokes taking a breather. Thoughts, gents? Yeah, let's hope Ben gets well soon. Um... Mental health's a, a big thing lately, rightly so. Um, we haven't taken it seriously in the past uh, as a planet, really. Um, so let's um, let's hope that he's uh, back to his very best as soon as possible. Yeah, and it's, I just I feel like, I mean, the amount of cricket that people play now, and especially if you're at the top end of it, it's international tournament after international tournament, whether it's the IPL and domestic cricket, then test cricket. I mean, Ben Stokes has been on tour since he was basically twenty, well, a 22-year-old lad. And being in a high-pressure sporting environment, I imagine I imagine burnout is very, very likely, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And people will turn around and say, well, they get paid enough to do it, but that's, that's not the... Uh, it doesn't help your health, whether it's physical or mental, does it? People need a rest, people need a break. And I think uh, there might be a lot of other people that, that could probably do with a bit of break as well. So um, let's, uh, let's hope it helps them out. Yeah, quite right. Um, speaking of a break, uh, a break-up. Uh, Ricky Vessels has been released early from his contract at Worcestershire. We're not surprised by this. Um, the 35-year-old joined in 2018. He's fallen out of favour in recent weeks. Uh, that's an understatement and a half, isn't it? We we didn't see him for the last two T20 games, and he's not featured in the Royal London One Day Cup. So his contract was up in October, and as we suspected, we have seen the last of Ricky Vessels in a rapid shirt. So he is um, off to pastures new. I mean, it's not surprising news, as you say. Um, I think there are two issues here. 
I think the general decision to let him go makes a lot of sense. They obviously want to focus on young people. Ricky Vessels is in the twilight of his career. Um, and therefore, that decision to release him makes sense. What doesn't make sense is what happened at the end of the T20. Uh, and I'm not sure we'll ever get an answer to that. So that's still outstanding. But the decision to let him go, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, well, he's he, he no longer featuring in the red ball game, was he? Still a really good operator in the white ball. I think the fact that the Royal London One Day Cup, we started with three wins from three, sort of said, well, you know, we don't need you, pal. Um, and as you said, there are almost certainly some issues and wrangles that have been going on behind the scenes, but no one's going to talk about it because Ricky needs to find a new job and Worcestershire don't want to be um, well, airing dirty laundry if there is any, do they? No, that's absolutely right. Um, right, so there we are. Ricky Vessels is a rapid no more. Um, and I suppose we better... Let's, uh, let's, let's take care of some business here because last week I might have drifted off a little bit when we were trying to cover things pertaining to the 100. Uh, and some people in some quarters thought it was disrespectful. And um, and they're probably not wrong. So, in the interests of fairness, we're going to have another go. We've got an idea for this. It's the 100 in 100 seconds. And our man of decency and honour, Peter de Sonberg, is going to take on the challenge of covering the 100 for us. He's got 100 seconds and that is it. So, Peter, what did Worcestershire players do in the 100 this week. Okay, so we're going to start off with the women's 100. Mixed fortunes for Sarah Glenn and Emily Arlott. Uh, Glenn's played two, uh, lo- uh, won two with the Trent Rockets and Arlott's played two, lost two with the Phoenix. No standout performances as such. They did play each other yesterday and it was the Trent Rockets that won that by 11 runs with each of them taking a wicket. Moving on to the men's 100. Whiteley's been very busy. He's played three games with the Southern Braves. Didn't do much in any of them apart from a quick 525. In the first game, when they lost the Welsh Fire, Phoenix again. Mo and Ali didn't actually do that much either. Uh, they've uh, played two games. He's lost one and won one. The victory was his best performance. He took a win. It wicket ran out David Milan for fifty-one, and Pat Brown played in that game, taking none for thirty off fifteen balls. Pat and that Brown, hundred roundup. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Oh, and Cox and Pennington didn't play. There we go. All done. Excellent. Right. Well, I mean, I've still got quite a lot of time left on the timer because you had 100 seconds and now well 100 is all about 100 seconds pace, isn't it you, you don't you don't want to use all your balls if you don't have to let's get it done early so yeah. 100, you've got 100 how was your vegan moussaka you? oh it's delicious mate <laughs> if anything it was actually nicer the second time round spent a bit oh, of time with the flavours in the fridge didn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, how, how long have I got Jim how long have you got you've got about another 15 seconds mate okay then I'll tell you the Southern Brave are top of the women's table with 8 points and the Trent Rockets at the top of the men's table with six points. And all of our teams are sat somewhere near the middle or bottom. That's teams with our players uh, in it. So there you go. Is that filled the time yet? Well, that answers your question, doesn't it? Now, you got that done, Pete, in about 45 seconds. And I respect that. But it took me quite a long time to put that old marker together. So um, next time, try and get it a little bit closer. Get the element of, uh, you know, drama. Uh, and uh, right. mate, uh, but no, JP. I thought again, efficient and effective. We got more vegan masaka in. We said vegan masaka on this pod more than I imagined we would, lads. If yeah, I'm honest, yeah, talk, more, this is the vegan masaka podcast. I think. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Pat Brown played a game, Pete. You mentioned in there, so Pat Brown has played a game of cricket. Yeah, that's three of them now that have played. Sadly, uh, two left to get a game, but there's still time. Yep. 
fair shakes. Anyway, that's enough of that nonsense. Uh, does, like seconds. Um, let's get back on track. What's to watch? What have you got for me, mate? Yeah, have I got a timer as well, or can I take as long as I need? Well, take as long as I'll tolerate from you. <laughs> it won't be long then, I wouldn't imagine. No. Worcestershire um, <laughs> Academy players in action this week in the um, sort of under 18s Super Fours. They used to be Super Fours. So it's uh, four sides, one from the Midlands, uh, North, uh, South, and a, uh, a London side. Uh, they've played four games, the Midlands side, won two and lost two. Uh, the big game to mention really was Thursday's game against London. There was lots of uh, Worcestershire players in action in that one. Uh, we got uh, Josh Dickinson. And he and Reece, uh, sorry, Reeve Evitz, they were came together with the score at 133 for nine in the first inning. They put on 58 for that last wicket to take the total up to a defendable one nine one. And then it was all about Worcestershire again in the field. The pace bowler Ben Parker took a couple of wickets. Josh Dickinson, the leg spinner, who just scored 20 runs at the end of the innings, took a couple as well. Uh, Evitz and Parker affected a couple of runouts too. And they bowled the London side out for 161. So that was a 30-run win for the Midlands. Very well aided by the uh, boys from Worcestershire. What do you think? Oh, that's all right, isn't it? That's good, isn't it? Great win, guys. Um, Ismail Mohammed played in most of the games, but uh, that was the game where most of the Worcestershire players were, were playing and we won that one. So big up to the Worcestershire boys. Right. The future's bright. We like Absolutely a bit of that. right. OK, the uh, youth edition of Worcester Watch. Any more for any more, Daz? There's no women's action last week, but there is a game coming up to mention. They're playing on Thursday against Staffordshire, which is the 5th of August, and that's at Hales Owen. It's 11 o'clock start, so if you're in the Hales Owen area, that'll be uh, worth a watch. Um, and then you can get down to New Road on Friday for the game against Sussex. And talking of New Road, I think you were there, weren't you, Jim? Oh, yes, I was. Yes, I went to New Road to watch a game of cricket for the first time in two years. With um, a certain Pete Somburg, I hear. Yeah, I took him along with me, didn't I? Oh, well done. Well like, done. I'm afraid I was a part-time supporter this week. But. Day release. Day release. Yeah, me and Pete went to New Road. It's the first time you and I have been to New Road together for ages. The sun came out. We had beer. It was all right, mate, wasn't it? It was lovely, particularly as you bought me beer. That was that was especially pleasant. I didn't, I, not only did I buy you beer, I drove you home. Uh, Indeed. And that's quality service, isn't it? It is. I don't, I don't know what you want want from me for this. Whether you want some recognition, is that is that what you're looking for? Uh, just relentless praise, Pete. That's what I live for. Jim, um, you're a magnificent human being. I'm a big fan <laughs> of yours. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. That's all I wanted. Um, well, I tell you what. Since since we're at New Road, and since uh, we are talking about our lovely day out, Pete, you and me, lovely lovely date at the cricket. Should we uh, should we get that one done first? Um, yeah. We've got to get to the meaty part of the show. We'll talk about the games. Let's go in reverse order. Let's start with the slightly disappointing one. On Sunday, Worcestershire took on Middlesex at New Road in the Royal London One Day Cup. It didn't go our way. Uh, Middlesex won the toss, elected to bat, made over 300, and Worcestershire couldn't chase down the runs. It was rain-affected, so it was only 41 overs aside. Um, let's start, then, Worcestershire's bowling performance. Um, in 41 overs, Middlesex made 302 for five. Pete, first hand, what did you make of it, mate? Uh, frustrating, I think. Um, I mean, the first thing to say is that Eskenazi, who I think was Daryl's previous having a blast pick, he, he pulled out a, an absolutely brilliant knock, 130 off 101 balls. He sent the ball 360, really. It was really impressive to watch. But I don't think we helped ourselves by bowling short again. Yeah. The bowlers like to bang it in, and every time they banged it in, it sat in the pitch and it got dispatched. Um, 
we had a little issue with some death bowling, although I think actually credit here needs to be given to Anderson, doesn't it, really, rather than picking apart Leach and, and Morris, because Anderson hit a quick fire 38 off 11 balls, and it was brutal. It was, it was painful to watch. Yeah, um, Mar- Martin Anderson. I mean, it was a young, a young Middlesex side, and um, they played really aggressive modern cricket. You said 360 shots. There were ramps and scoops everywhere. But Eskenazi at times, but particularly Martin Anderson, it was he played two straight drives, but he played them on the front foot with a horizontal bat. Like it, it was like a um, a flat batted straight drive, just f- forearm strength. It was ju- it was dismissive and aggressive, and match winning really, wasn't it? He made thirty eight from eleven balls. Yeah, he did. I, I felt at the end of the innings that we were an Anderson score too many. Um, bit of disappointing as well. I thought Finch bowled well first up. He got taken off after four overs. Uh, four overs, one for sixteen, I think he was, and then he took some tat in his second spell. Baker only got three overs, three overs for 30, and they didn't bring him back on. And I thought that was a real shame because you're going to get spells in cricket, aren't you, where you have this. And it, it felt like they were trying to protect the youth, which is admirable. But it felt like we needed pace off because that really worked for Middlesex in their innings. Yeah, because, I mean, Dolly Dolly bowled seven overs for 40, and he bowled quite nicely. He went at 5.71 as an economy. Yeah, Baker got, he got whacked for 15 in his first over. And they looked to get after him, which was understandable. It's a shorter game. They didn't give him a chance to earn his money back. You know what I mean? And I, he's got such a good temperament, that kid. I'm with you. I thought, give him another go. See if they fancy hitting him over the top, because he might he might end up kind of tying them in knots. So I thought they missed a trick with that, but that's fine. I agree with you. I thought Finch was worth at least another two overs, because you always got the feeling that Morris and Leach were going to bowl at the end. So why not bowl him through? Because he did have good rhythm, and he was bowling quick. Um, I agree. I agree with you. I think yet again, I need to start. I might get a klaxon. I might get um, a short ball klaxon because I feel like we say this. It's every other week we say this. And it was a bit frustrating because um, the game we'll get on to in a little bit. I thought that um, and we saw against Gloucestershire, the death bowling was fabulous, wasn't it? Um, But yeah, pitch. I think my big frustration with the pace bowlers is that I can sort of understand it if you're trying to work out the wicket away from home. But as a home bowler, you should know what the new road pitch is doing. And it seems to be that the Middlesex bowlers worked it out and we haven't known all season, so we just keep banging it in short. And it frustra- it's really frustrating. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? There were always going to be runs to be had there, but we gifted them a few. We gifted them a few just by, if in doubt, bang it in. And everything that got, you know, everything that got sent halfway down the track got sent to the boundary. It was just easy pickings. It just was. I don't know. I don't know why they have such a determination to not bowl Yorkers, because a full, you know, a full toss is harder to get away. You have to play a proper cricket shot to get rid of a full toss. Still, I mean, a professional should do, but it's harder skill than if you just bang it in short. You don't have to play a good cricket shot. You've just got to chuck the bat at it, and you know, and an edge is enough, isn't it? Um, so yes, more frustration in that regard. And I think you're right. Um, Anderson's innings was great. Eskinaz's innings was great. I thought he was. There's a lot of contention about whether he was run out trying to get to his 100. He tried to run two on 98, and the Worcestershire fielders thought they had him, and the whole crowd thought he was gone as well. Um, umpire didn't give it. Eskenazi goes up, jumps and punches the air, um, but he did play brilliantly, didn't he? He did. He did play brilliantly. Um, I don't know if uh, Daz probably hasn't got a scorecard on him, but when it came to the uh, Worcestershire reply, we were going to ask him to try and pronounce the Middlesex opening bowler, weren't we? We thought it would be a fun challenge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought Bradders, Bradders, who does uh, does the announcement at the uh, at the ground, did a um, did a pretty good job. 
Philan Wallawitera, um, if you're going to do it properly. Um, well, let's let's get on to the response. And Daz, did you get to watch any of this, mate? No, mate. No, no, no. Well, I probably could have done uh, after my innings lasted only three balls this week, so I oh. probably 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 had chance to. But did you uh, manage to score? Bother. Did you manage to score any runs in that three ball knock? Of course, I didn't. No. <laughs> oh, Daz! You should have come. The first ball had me by all rights. Um, well, I just got a little bit of an edge on it onto my pad. The second ball, I tried to have a swing out and missed, and then the third ball, I missed, and he got it on target. So. It's good to know that the training's paying off. But hey, if you're going to get, if you're going to get none, get it quickly and get out Absolutely. of the way. I agree totally. Yep. Um, so that's okay. Let somebody else do the work. Anyway, so some rather more convincing batting performances. Let's get to the Worcestershire reply. Um, and if we just if we just look on paper here, we made 289 in 41 overs and were 13 runs short, and it makes it feel like this game was close. But I'll be honest with you, it wasn't. We were all we, we were never getting there, if we are honest. That's not to say there weren't some good performances. So in our 289 for seven in 41 overs, we opened up with Haynes and Dolavera. What were your what were your thoughts then, Pete, on how we went about our business in re- in reply to Middlesex's 300 plus score? Well, I think we were just always behind it, as you say, weren't we? It looked close, but we were never really uh, we were never really in with a shot. We couldn't we couldn't get away, could we? I don't think Middlesex they fielded. I think it was clinical is the best word I can use. They didn't pull off any superb stops. But everything they had to do that was, was maybe a tad tricky, they did. We couldn't pierce the infield. Um, uh, one of the bowlers managed to pierce Haynes' defence, didn't he? And they, uh, he took one in the privates. Oh, um, yeah. But we all felt that for a while. Um, and he went shortly afterwards. Um, but Dolivera, again, I mean, you, we mentioned potentially candidate for player of the year, although I think you said Libby last time round. Dolly's got to be up there. Yet another good knock. Got going after 50, didn't he? Put his foot on the gas. Uh, but then, he, fortunately, he fell for 74. Um, two good lock, knocks by Fallon. Libby scoring 50, uh, run a ball, or Libby's case, a bit quicker. But you felt that those two batting back-to-back was not really what was needed in the run chase. No. No, it wasn't. Um, what I'll say just quickly about Haynes is that he, um, yeah, he got rattled by James Harris. This is a young Middlesex side, and there's some really good cricketers in it. And you're right. Um, I'll just touch on what you said about the fielding. The ground fielding was great. There was no, there was, there were no fumbles. They gave nothing away. They were diving all over the place. Um, they were releasing the ball quickly, and that's really important as well. So I thought fielding performance was great. James Harris is a handful. This young quick from Middlesex, he was bowling fast. Um, and yeah, he caused Haynes all kinds of trouble and he ended up nicking off um, caught of the wicket for 15. And Dolivera's knock was excellent because he went through the gears. But yes, regarding Fell and Libby, here's the problem. Fell batted beautifully for his 58 from 63 and Libby batted effectively for his 58 from 47 and got on with it towards the end of the innings. The problem is is that we were going at essentially about a runner ball when the run rate was eight and a half. And we did that for a really long time. Now, if you take Tom Fell's 63 deliveries, if you chuck Josh Dell in at number three, if you give him 63 deliveries, he's getting a lot more than 58. Um, He might not make any, but he has uh, the potential to make a lot more than 58. If you give Ed Barnard a chance to bat up the order, if you give him 63 balls... He's going to be making more than 58, and true of, of, of Leach as well. And you'd also say Roderick. I'd also say that Libby took too long. He took he was got 30 off 30 balls. The batting was excellent in that they were playing they were playing well and were playing their own game. 
their own game was not what was required in the context of the game. We needed to get on with it. Because I, I said I said this, I think, about halfway through our innings, we don't want to be in a position by which we knock it about and look quite nice for 20 overs, and then you expect Barnard and Dell and Leach to come in when the run rate's 12 and a half and swing from ball one because it won't work. And it's exactly what we did. I felt like we sleptwalked into a regulation away win because we spent over 100 balls getting 116 runs. And that's not enough. It's just basic maths, isn't it? I thought we were determined to use the batting lineup as it was, and we left it, we left far too much for the lower order to do, who have the capability of clearing the rope. So, I think uh, I think Barnard going up the order again in in the power play is for me a, a shout where it's uh, you're not losing anything if he, if he doesn't come off. All right, the scoreboard says one wicket down or an extra wicket down, but it's one of your sort of bowling all rounders that you've lost, isn't it? Not sure I agree with you on Libby. Libby, was it 58 or 47? That's a decent, that's over seven and over, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, but the problem is, does is that for the most of his innings, he was going at a, at, um, a runner ball. And then his then he upped his strike rate to 123. The problem is, is he upped his strike rate to 123 when we needed him to be at 240 because we needed 12 and over. Is that what we needed when he... Yeah, okay, so, so, so on paper, it looks a brilliant knock. And it's, it's not to criticise Fell or Libby, because they are these players. That's how they play. And they both batted beautifully. So, like, and Libby has been... You know, Libby did try and smack it out of the ground. He hit a couple of good, decent sixes, some straight drives. So it's not a criticism of them as players at all. I just felt that it's all very well saying Libby got 58 from 47 balls. But when you need to go at a strike rate of 200 because you're so far behind the rate, what you're actually doing is killing the, you're killing the game. Um, so- I think it's a fair point, Jim. And I think, you know, it, we were particularly kneecapped when Dolly got out because, you know, Dolly stays there and gets a, another 30 or 40. The, the chase is, is probably on. Unfortunately, uh, he went and, and our hopes kind of went with it because of some of the batting lineup decisions potentially that we made. Um, I think all in all, though, I think Middlesex were just better than us on the day. Um, yeah. We didn't play badly. There's just a few things with the bat or ball that maybe we could have done differently. Who knows whether they'd have made a difference. But I think we just have to have, put our hands up and say Middlesex were the better side and they deserve the points. Yeah, they, they yeah they bowled better. They didn't bowl any short stuff. They learnt from us. And we still got close. Ultimately, we bowled a bit short and gave them 20 or 30 too many. We still sort of got close. But, you know, we talk about complementary cricket. And sometimes if your bowlers get it wrong, you want your batsman to step up and, and fix it. And vice versa. If your batsmen have a difficult time, you want your bowling attack to get you out of trouble. And I, what I felt like, it, we, didn't, we didn't give ourselves the best chance to chase this down. The chances are that we probably weren't going to anyway. It was a really good score. Um, and just to promote, promote the bigger hitters up the order, there's no guarantee that's even going to work anyway. So I'm not suggesting we should have won that game by any stretch. But... If we were going to chase 300 plus, I think we could have been a little more aggressive sooner because we tied ourselves in knots. Roderick came in and played really aggressively, by the way. I thought it was worth a mention. He looked really busy, hit a six and a couple of boundaries. But just one other thing pertaining to that, Doll is 74. The context for when he got out and how things sort of changed. He got out having hit four boundaries in his previous six deliveries. So he was really trying to push things along because he had to. So he had to play aggressively and he ended up skying one because he was coming down the wicket to everything because he had to push things forward because the guy at the other end wasn't capable of it. So again, you know, I, we didn't help ourselves, but we got outplayed, Pete. And I think that is basically it, isn't it? I've, I thought James Harris was great, by the way. I really, I was so impressed with him. He can bowl, he bowls quick um, and he bowls aggressive. Yeah, um, definitely. 
And another big shout out we need to make uh, was to, we met Jonah, didn't we, briefly? And we need to give him credit for his refreshment carrying abilities. Yeah, yeah, we did meet Jonah. He's a lovely man. Um, you've got to respect a guy who's who's carrying multiple beers and multiple hot dogs at once um, uh, with his lady companion, who was also carrying multiple beers at once. And apparently they weren't all for them. They were. And they look they look like the sort that would drink alcohol at a cricket match. That's uh, shocking but true. Revelation. Jonah drinks alcohol at the cricket. <laughs> how, many, how many were they carrying? Was it in those... You know, the little plastic carrier things that you can carry four each hand in, and they just think they're going to collapse all the time. Was it one of them? Because I it just wasn't like them. I can't be doing with them. Freehand. He was carrying freehand. Really? But yeah, I hate oh, those as well. Hot, and they had hot dogs tucked under the arm, which was a, a good technique. Oh, yeah, you keep them warm, haven't you? It wasn't a good technique. The poor lad was getting third degree burns. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it was good to see Jonah. And Simon as well was sat near us, but he didn't say hello because I was probably too busy chuntering and complaining about how we're not up with the rate. And, uh, yeah, Pete... just a note on that, Simon. If you ever see me and Jim at the cricket again, if you could save me from Jim chuntering, I'd be grateful. <laughs> I know, Pete. You know, you're the voice of reason. You get emotional at the cricket. That's the whole point. It's the joy of sport, the competitive <laughs> nature of it. Get the adrenaline going, Pete. Your heart rate is never above about 19 a minute. Um, anyway, should we move what... on to happier games? We can, we, well, we shall move on to happier games, although um, I would just like to get this out of the way. Um, I'm, I bought my own lunch to the cricket, and I, I was disappointed. The, the vegan quiche situation wasn't great, Pete. Um, and I'd like to apologise for my grumpiness about the vegan quiche situation, because <laughs> um, I, feel, I feel like I made too much of it. You've you got to put up with a lot, Pete, and I just wanted to say I, I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Um, I did appreciate the lift home. Thank you. That's all right, Tiger. Right, okay. So, we made it to New Road. We didn't come away with a victory. We got outplayed by a, you know, an energetic and a decent young Middlesex side. Fair play. But, um, a couple of days before that, we were treated to, well, quite frankly, a masterclass in one-day cricket. We were absolutely imperious in Essex. And if you... Oh, you must have known. If you didn't know... God help you, but this happened. Nichar is in. Bowls, and there it is. There is his hundred. Lovely, typically elegant. Uh, off drive, and through to three figures. Gavin Haynes, 100 not out. Worcestershire, 225 for no wicket in 33.1 overs. The two batsmen embrace. 118 to Brett Oliveira at the other end. Magnificent batting from the Worcestershire opening pair. Yes. We had ourselves a day. We went to Essex and we put them to the sword. We batted first. It went rather well. 338 for seven off 50 overs at one point. It looked like we were getting 360, 370, maybe even more. But, I mean, there's an obvious place to start here, gentlemen, isn't there? And that is with the opening stand of 243. My word. It was just incredible, wasn't it? And did he run a good chance away in all of that? I think it was flawless. I think um, Haynes played and missed it one when he was in like 140. And that was about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You say flawless, Daz. Uh, it was. It was because take away the individual performances for a bit and we'll get on to that. As a kind of an example of how to bat in a partnership, 
It was fabulous. Take it in turns as to who was going to be the aggressor, depending on how it was going to go. Rotated the strike continually, and when they felt like it, they found a boundary. And uh, it was exemplified when um, Haynes has the courage as a young man to take on the best overseas player in county cricket, by the way, in Simon Harmer. Not, not just the best spinner, but I think the best overseas player. And, you know, he's thinking, well, we've only got three off the first four balls. So just a little shuffle down the wicket and plants him over extra cover for four just to make sure that the rate's around about seven. Uh, you know, and then Dolly's doing the same. He's just thinking, well, Snate has just had a decent start to the over, so I'm just going to shuffle towards leg and then scoop it over fine leg, who's up short in, on, on the 45, and send it to the boundary for four. And we just were unrelenting. And, then, and vice versa as well. If they're picking off a bad ball at the start of an over, they were just quite happy taking uh, four or five singles off the rest of the over. We'll have the eight off the over. Thanks very much. We won't give you a sniff at anything. Yeah, it was breathtaking. I'm going to do a, uh, a stat alert, gents. We all know that that was uh, Jack Hayes' debut century for Worcester, but that was Brett Dolivera's first ever List A hundred for, for Worcestershire. And just to explain for Jim what List A means, that's one day. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. fifty overs, Jim. I know, Pete. I know. I just, I just I can't get it stuck in my head. I'm sorry. List A is one day. List A is one day. That's how I remember it. Brilliant. Um, yeah, um, we had a conversation, didn't we, about um, Dolavera? Very good cricketers make hundreds. Dolavera makes fifties. So he's a good cricketer, not a very good one. But and with that century, which was brilliant, and the 74, which, to be honest, if the context was better, and I think if he had more support, he was staring down the barrel of another century there. I mean, he's turning into, well, you pointed out, Pete, probably Worcestershire's most important one-day cricketer. Yeah, I think what he gives you with the bat, with the ball, and in the field, and everything we chuck at him, I said this uh, a few weeks ago, everything we throw at him with the bat, whether it's opening in four-day, batting down the order, now opening in T20, now opening in this day, he just gets the job done, uh, and he's just so impressive. Yeah, agreed. Here's a question for you, gents. Um, I, I thought Haynes, he got more aggressive as the innings went on and he got more confident and he, he, he can go through the gears. He can clearly play pretty much every shot going and he's got the confidence to do so. But if we just take from naught to 100, so the first 100 runs scored, whose innings did you like better? Oh, that's a great question. I think... Um... I think Dolly, I, 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 you talked about his footwork was brilliant and the way he sort of um, was coming to the pitch of the spin bowlers and taking all the spin out of the equation, clipping through the leg and, and there was one he just backed away and, and punched it over the top of the cover. It looked dangerous, but it was really, really classy shot and it, it was beautiful to watch. Because that's a really difficult question and I don't. Uh, I, I, I think you're really nasty asking that actually, to be honest, Jim. Same question, contestant number two. What do you reckon, Pete? Well, Dad and I agree on lots of things, uh, but it's Jack Haynes. Um, <laughs> and, the reason, and the reason I'm saying Haynes instead is because at the time that Dolly got out and there was a mini collapse with players coming in and hitting the ball too hard, Haynes carried on about his business and pushed on from 110, 120 and put another 30 on the board. So he held it all together. Do you yeah, said no. from 0 to 100? I agree, but I want to say for the first hundred runs of the innings, I thought Haynes' Haynes's innings was brilliant, and it, the, Haynes' innings was better overall without shadow. Yeah, play. because the Haynes, the Haynes going from a hundred to to one hundred and fifty was what held this innings together. When everyone else was getting out, he kept things ticking over. But from from naught to a hundred, I'm I agree. I think Daz is right. I think Dolly's innings was. I think 
he was more inventive and he was more fluent throughout and I think he was the the inventive shots, the little scoops over fine leg, particularly, um, or his willingness to go over long on or over um, over deep mid wicket. I thought he was more of an instigator. He was the alpha male in that partnership. Um, okay, two things in reply. I'm going to stick with Haynes because I love a cover drive and he played lots of them. So I'm going to stick with Haynes anyway. And secondly, I will not be criticised for not uh, hearing that when Jim decided to switch off all the way through Worcestershire Watch last week. So uh, I will not be criticised for not paying attention. That's fair enough. I'll take a roll of from you, but Jim, you can shut up. <laughs> wow. Oh, the worm has turned. Peter de Somburg has come out swinging. I, well, I'm on the rope, so I'm, I'm going to have to just uh, just cover up here. Uh, yeah, the Haynes, the Haynes innings was, was masterful. And the way that he conducted himself after getting the century... Um, Haynes was probably better better to watch. Um, I thought Dolavera was more proactive, more aggressive. Um, but you know, that, that, you know, it was the behaviour of a man who was more uh, statesmanlike in his position in the team. Um, but either way you look at it, we've got two fabulous hundreds to watch. It was glorious. We did. Oh, can we if- have this- argument every week over which are the best uh, hundred of the two opening <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean that'd be alright wouldn't it um, disagree I mean, with I like having <laughs> but let's, are, we I mean, them a, are we chucking them a fanfare for their partnership um, uh, well yeah of, of course we can well, uh, what, this is for the partnership uh, 243 in 36 overs that's alright isn't it um, and I suppose, really, uh, this is for... Uh, well, they said Gavin Haynes, didn't they? We never get tired of Gavin Haynes and Damien Dolivera and Jack Leach and Ben Dwooey Hoosis. Um, <laughs> so, Jack Haynes, have one of these. Um, and as if you couldn't get tired of our relentless need for stupid little items... <laughs> Music. <laughs> I think it's only fair that we say, Brett Dolivera, you deserve one of these. <laughs> Regarding our batting performance, after those uh, wonderful knocks, let's be honest, though, gentlemen, we did get a little bit twitchy, didn't we? <laughs> because we went from 243 for Nout to 249 for three in about four and a half overs. It wasn't so much the wheels were going to fall off because we were always going to get a good score, but Leach, LBW, one, Fell, went for two, Libby, run out for three, Barnard, three, Roderick, seven. It was a weird-looking scorecard, wasn't it? What did you think of Leach coming in at three? I didn't hate it. It wouldn't have been my move. I liked, I liked it at the time, but it didn't come off, did it? So now it hasn't come off. I'm going to say it was a silly idea. But... <laughs> I, I think Leach is a great idea when you've got seam coming down. When you subject Leach to spin, I think he's a little bit more susceptible when you need uh, a batsman to come in. No, 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 no disrespect to Leach, but he's, he's not a proper batsman, is he? And, and somebody like Harmer and, and Nietzsche, who was bowling really well, um, they, they unfortunately uh, tied him up. But, um, yeah, it was good. I mean, when you've watched your, your teammates put on a, a massive stand, you've got to be mentally right, haven't you, when you come out to the crease. And it just felt like they came out with the intention of hitting every ball for six. And as a result, they slowed us down. Um, I saw Ian Bell do something for the same for Warwickshire years ago. You've just got to keep playing every ball on its merits rather than trying to take it out of the ground, haven't you? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't hate the move because Leach was in the form of his life with the bat. He was 
brilliant against Kent, and he was dangerous against Gloucestershire in a weird sort of setup where you know it was damp and overcast and it was limited overs uh, or restricted overs. So I didn't hate the move. Generally speaking, I'm I'm all up for promoting batsmen who are more aggressive, but I would have preferred Adele or a Barnard. But that's just because I think they have. I think they have more. They have different styles of play. I think Leach has, you know, he has a couple of gears. Um, but I mean, a guy in form who can clear the rope. And there was only what fourteen overs left. I didn't hate it. I would have gone for Dell or Barnard ahead of him, but it just didn't come off. And that's kind of fair enough. We can't we can't beat them up for kind of going well. You know, bringing bringing aggressive players atop the order, and then when it doesn't come off, go well. It's a terrible idea. As I mean, interestingly, as on. On commentary, they were praising Josh Tell because they were saying that he was one of the the only batsmen who really gave himself a little bit of time. Um, and as a result, he managed to stay there a bit longer and put some put some runs on the board. The others tried to go from ball one and they maybe should have given themselves a few more balls. But as you say, it's easy to criticise in hindsight. Yeah, well, they, they were going. The plan was let's see if we can let's see if we can flirt with four hundred. You know, let's just see what we can do because um, wickets in the hutch and everything else. Um, batsman in the hutch rather I mean Dell was interesting Dell was the only other player to get into double figures he made 27 from 24 but he was he was laboured for the first 15 balls he was laboured well if we're honest really until the last over the last few balls he faced because he was just trying to he was just trying to leather it he was trying to hit the ball too hard and um, it wasn't until he just kind of calmed down a little bit did the um, right thing in the end because I mean when he came in we were 270 odd for five weren't we and I just thought we're not going to look through here at one point after that start would have been, I think, would have probably been advantage to uh, to Essex, wouldn't it? But uh, like I say, just playing himself in and ended up with, uh, I think, better than a runner ball 27. So. Yeah, it felt like... It last over, it's about three three or four boundaries back to back, didn't it? Baker came in and hit a six. He just came in, it wasn't bothered. Right, he just yeah, it was flicked, Baker, sorry, yeah. flicked the ball flicked the ball over deep mid-wicket for six. Uh, it was just a great shot. It just, it just flicked it. It wasn't trying to hit it too hard. Timed it. And Dell calmed down and then hit three boundaries in the last over, which really helped us. Because I thought a small ground, a good batting deck, it's going to be really hard to... You, there is so little margin for error there that if you just get it slightly wrong as a bowling side, you can go. We're going to need well over 300 here. I thought 320 and I'll feel all right about life. And I felt like that that last little spurt in the last two overs, the Baker six and and Dell hitting three fours, was that kind of that twenty or so more that we needed to feel comfortable. We need so, we need to give credit to Daz though, because Daz said, well, first of all, he was pushing for four hundred. Yeah, uh, so he was Mr. Positive, and then he said after the end of the innings, and I quote, "We've got plenty," and uh, he was spot on. Well, he said when we were on three ten, we were on three ten. He said, "We've already got enough." Roderick went for three. We were three hundred and eleven for seven. He said, "We've already got enough," and I was panicking. I know Essex had a long tail, but I just thought Cook gets his iron and anchors this. We could be in for a horrible time. And I thought, yeah, a three hundred and thirty-eight. I felt okay. If it had been three hundred and fifteen, I would have been pretty. I'd have been like, I could go either way. And how wrong I was. I thought it was positivity because I'd I'd messed up the innings. You know, I'd jinxed it, hadn't I, by moving. Oh yeah, that's a good point. You you left work. None of us. We, we were on two hundred. We were on two hundred and forty-one for no wicket. And Pete was like, "Should we do a tweet?" And I go, "Yeah, I'll do it." So I bunged out a whole bunch of tweets, and then literally two minutes later, Dolly gone. And then within about twenty-five minutes, we were five down, uh, and it was like, "Oh God, we're going to stumble to three hundred and ten here." But then it transpires, Daz, that you were at work and decided you'd get home for the last ten overs. So, um, so it was, was almost, plan, yeah. it was almost all your fault. 
I got, I got home for the claps. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made it absolutely, ca- I mean, a schoolboy error, actually, not, not working from home on the day of a county game, which was uh, my own mistake in the first place. Yeah. Um, I mean, with regard to um, Essex, it's bowling. I mean, it's a really difficult place to, to protect uh, the boundary because it's a small ground. Um, I thought the way that we played Harmer, Harmer got bowled 10 overs. Um, he got two for 54. But, I mean, bearing in mind that he got Haynes late on, didn't he? Um, and he also got Barnard late on when he was bowling right at the death and we were going after him. I thought the way we played him in the middle overs was fantastic. I thought the way that, that Haynes and Dolavira were... It was controlled aggression. Yeah, quite they and, weren't uh, trying to right. smack it out the ground. They weren't trying to hit the ball hard. You know, They were just trying to place and time and manipulate the field, and it was controlled aggression, and I thought it was brilliant. I quite agree. And, and, and when they weren't doing that, that was when he got his two wickets, wasn't it? The Haynes coming down. And, uh, and Barnard's wicket was weird, wasn't he? He sort of tried for that reverse sweep and... Ended up, did it come off his glove or something and looped up to the keeper? Yeah, but, just yeah, he just scooped it to the keeper. Two, two times we weren't playing proper shots to him with the two wickets he got. Mm. Credit to um, the aforementioned Nijar as well, who managed to bowl a maiden in all of that chaos. So well done to him. Yeah, he actually he did he did bowl nicely, didn't he? Yeah, it's de- decent uh, decent slowy. Do you what? He he just didn't give him any width, line and length. It's just if you stray wider than the width of the stumps. You know, anything just just a little bit too straight is going to that short leg side boundary. Any kind of width, yeah, you just get punished. There is no room for error, and um, Nijar bowled really nicely. Um, I was worried um, at one point that we would only get 315 or so and that we'd be really under threat of an embarrassing uh, reversal. I couldn't have got that more wrong because, if we're honest, within the first four overs of Essex reply, this game was done. That's because 156 all out, and they only got that far because we to hit a very, very aggressive, but kind of fortuitous 77 from 82 balls. But the bowling performance was absolutely brilliant. Um, you've got to love it. You've got to love it. All the things that sort of annoyed us about New Road on Sunday, a couple of days previously, they were doing all of the right things. So, Pete, you know, Morris and Leach, what a sterling job up front. Yeah, I mean, I think we tweeted or put something on Facebook about the game was won with two opening partnerships to get them down, uh, what were they, 17 for four or 5.5 overs. And fortunately, we managed to get Wesley uh, and leave Cook there. You're right about Cook anchoring the innings. But if he's got no aggressors around him, you kind of don't mind it, do you? Because you know he's just going to go along at a runner ball no more. So him and, and some of the others just sort of casually got the way to the middle of the innings, didn't they? So, yeah, all that aggressive bowling up front took our chances, just killed the game off, and it was done and dusted inside the power play. Yeah, it was... I mean, what an easy and comfortable kind of stroll in the park of a game of cricket. The only way Essex chase that is if they keep wickets in hand. They need they need a good, solid base. The top three really have to put... put do the, the, the heavy lifting in t- chasing that. Leach... Um, particularly, I know the figures. The figures bear that out. He bowled six overs, three for twenty-eight. But he didn't give them any width. He was on a length. He was hitting the top of off, and he said, "Right, you you try and hit me. Go and win the game. You try and hit me." And they couldn't. And they were trying to, you know, cutting at cutting at balls that were never there, which is what happened to Pepper. Uh, it, it was just. It was one of those. It was, it was so controlled. Finch as well. I thought bowled really nicely. I was a little bit worried about him because he sometimes can stray with his line in length. But Morris, you know what you're going to get. He was wicket to wicket. There was none of the short stuff. 
we were just perfectly in control. Um, and they had to try and find scoring shots from somewhere because the run rate was, you know, starting at, um, you know, the best part of seven. And it was never really in doubt. Yeah, like you said, um, reached the ball in perfect line and length. Morris, you know what you're getting with him. Picked a big fan, isn't he, at the start? And he got us off to the best possible start. Um, kept Alistair Cook tied up. You know if they're going to chase that, then he's going to have to get a sort of a runnable turn and then start trying to accelerate. And by the time we turn, his knock at the end, the game's already lost for him. The Morris delivery was a beauty. Um, full and straight. See you later, Buttleman. Um, Leach got the, got the ball to move off the seam. We just looked like a different side to them. I know there's much more experience in this Worcestershire side. Uh, they were missing Sam Cook, weren't they? And missing Jamie Porter as well. But look, we've, we had more first-teamers out through um, the 100 and through injury than Essex did. We were technically more depleted in terms of squad numbers than Essex were, and we've hammered them. We've hammered them. Um, Can we mention uh, Brett Oliveira as well with his is it, yeah. best figures of three for eight? Three for eight from two and a half. I mean, he was he, he was mopping up the tail. He bowled nicely. He didn't bowl incredibly. The figures are, are very flattering. Barnard the same, two for 25. But the thing is, you still got to do it, haven't you? Um, but he obviously knew that there was a potential that Jack Haynes was going to get man of the match, and he just went, no, mind. Dolivera, you know, he, he bowled quite quickly and quite flat. For a, for a leggy, I know he doesn't turn it a lot, so that sort of helps, but... He's got really good control. But we've seen that because economically speaking, he's our most economical white ball cricketer as a bowler. Um, Barnard, really, really handy to see him back on form because he was bowling wicket to wicket and sort of skiddy. Sharp fielding performance, but it was just, the game was done. When they were 15 for two, when Wesley went, basically, you just thought there's too many runs required and they haven't got the batsman to do it. Um, And it was just a procession of wickets. And they um, had a long tail, didn't they? And fancied it straight away from there. Yeah, 182 runs we won that by. It was never in doubt. And the only thing that was really taxing and challenging about that performance was figuring out who the man of the match was going to be. That's it, isn't it? I mean, what... what? This is it. <laughs> Anything further to add, gents, you know? No, who, who would you give a man of the match to? Me? Yeah, who was your choice? I, well, for me, it's probably Jack Haynes. I think yeah, it was the best innings, game. and I, I, I slightly. I mean, Leach is in with a good shout because that bowling performance. He he shout. he blew them away. He killed the game within three overs. He bowled three yeah. overs and he finished them because he just saw away their top order. And Dolivera's hundred was more aggressive and more proactive. But my feeling is that the way that Haynes batted when everyone else was falling, when we went from four, 243 for, to now to 273 for five in 10 overs and you kind of think oh god he made sure that we ended up getting a big score no matter what he it was him being aggressive and hitting boundaries and hitting sixes and keeping the momentum going and upping his strike rate right he was the one that guaranteed us an incredibly high score to defend and i think what that... we're basically saying then i think well it's not some a feature we do for the one day cup but haynes and leach are both champagne moments but donavera probably gets our pair of the week for his other knock against Middlesex. Is that about right? Okay. I, I, I can't argue with that, lads. That's, yeah. Uh, overall, I mean, similar sorts of mistakes against Middlesex. But generally speaking, we've had a good week, haven't we? A great week, haven't we? A win. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I'll we've had a that. good week. We're still, we're still second in the table. We know it's still early on. We've got the best run rate of everyone, which is uh, lots of we had. We've got a run rate of 1.229. The head, heady heights of... Uh, positive run rate but yeah we're still there we're still near the top 
uh, got Hampshire coming up. So, yeah, good week. Yeah, fair enough. I get the feeling that this week's pod's just slowly fizzling out to a kind of a state of um, quiet contentment, lads. There's normally... Yeah, I'm, I'm in dreamland. Just, yeah. <laughs> So I was last week, mate. Welcome aboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. Well, I mean, what normally happens is that we finish a pod because um, it gets a bit chaotic or confused, or one of us just gets a bit angry and complains, and Pete says, let's all just calm down and have a nice time. But we're just going to gently glide in um, to a, a nice, warm, comfortable, cosy place. So, uh, Daz, as you pointed out, there's cricket to be had for Worcestershire. Our next game is at the... Aegeus Bowl, your favourite ground, boys, as we oh, go no, to Hampshire. Terrible. Don't bother with that one. Stay at home. <laughs> Don't even watch the feed. It was so eyesore, an absolute eyesore. <laughs> strong words. I refuse to watch Worcestershire because they're playing in a joyless concrete bowl. Let's all mi- go to Hales Owen instead and, and watch the uh, watch the women play. Oh, I'm, s- I'm so on board with that. Yeah, okay, sold. We're doing that. I mean, the pod's going to be interesting if we don't watch the game. Uh, we might, just to get the listeners. Any, any listeners, we're, we're not going to watch the Hampshire game. We're just going to refuse. So um, just uh, send us your thoughts on the game and uh, you can do the review for us. That'd be grand. Back to normal things. Friday, the 6th of August, we're at home to Sussex. I used to live in Brighton. Sussex are kind of my second team. I hope we absolutely hoof them. Anyway, uh, I'm, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to skive on Friday, I think. So if any of you boys want another trip to New Road. <laughs> And wow, he's, he's, <laughs> that's a gutsy call ahead of time. Let's just hope no one in your department at work is listening. So Daz has just come back from holiday and admitted he's going to be skiving in his first week on return. You've got to admire it. Commitment to the cause. Daz, you're a Wally, but we love you. Pete, keep on keeping on. We will catch you lot next week for more of the same. But until then, happy watching. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.